Why should a student attend Utah Valley University? What do you call someone who follows the rock band Metallica? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I am drove down here, it's been a rainy day, uh, to Orem, Utah, and I'm visiting Utah Valley University. I'm here with uh, Kristen Anderson, who is the, would you say, brand new pre-medical, pre-professional advisor? Brand new pre-med, relatively new pre-health counselor, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited to learn more about the program here at UVU, uh, a recently new program as Mm -hmm. uh, you become a full-fledged university in the past few years. So, uh, Kristen, tell me about UVU. Why should a a high school student look to come here? So, here at UVU, we do have quality education given our smaller class sizes – Students can have individual attention with their their professors. We have excellent professors that know their subjects, so great education here. Uh, We do have a diverse student body as well. Um, We have students that are coming from all walks of life, different backgrounds, and that lends to different experiences in the classroom. So that's awesome. Um, We are a growing campus. You mentioned we are a new university, only been a university for a few years. So with that, it brings unique opportunities to our students in that they are able to kind of be a part of what is growing and leave a legacy for those who have yet to come here. Um, We have awesome pre-health clubs here on campus that provide a great opportunity for students to network with other pre-health students, with professionals in the area, in the fields that they're interested in, and with representatives from schools like yourself that come to visit us. Um, We also do lots of workshops and seminars. Our office um, does tons of workshops in helping students through the application process. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a lot of centers here on campus to help the students through, you know, through various things. We've got the Center for um, Service and Learning, Center for Advancement and Leadership, or excuse me, the Volunteer and Service Learning Center, uh, which helps with um, volunteer opportunities and things like that. And Center for Advancement of Leadership, which is our leadership program, Office of Engaged Learning, getting students involved with mm-hmm. communities and things like that. One of the things I love when I visit a university is, you know, first of all, tracking down your offices. And it was a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I loved is just the hive of activity. And just getting here, there was just tons of students. Uh, they were studying. They were talking to each other. It's just like a hive of activity here in this main complex. And it mm-hmm. seems to be huge growth. I mean, there's a lot of construction going on at UVU. Do you know what they're building? Uh, they're actually working on our new student life building that's set to open in March, which okay. will provide a lot more classrooms and a lot more office space. We are growing rapidly, running mm-hmm. out of parking space in the meantime. So, so. That's, that's the growing pains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, And then um, we do have a new relatively new now i guess it's a little bit older not brand new but Mm -hmm. our um science building Mm -hmm. which is very innovative we've got all kinds of awesome stuff there which is actually lends itself to more research opportunities for our students fantastic well let's break down some of the things you talked about you mentioned pre pre pre-med clubs or pre-health clubs Mm -hmm. Uh, what kind of clubs do you have what are their names Uh, so we've got the pre-medical association pre-dental club Uh, we have a pharmacy club pre-pa club Pre-PT club. We've got one. We pre-vet. We've got them for most areas. Got them all. And yep. are you in charge of, I mean, do you work with the student officers from those clubs? or I do with how, the pre-med club okay. and pharmacy right Okay, now, so yeah. there's like a faculty advisor for each club then. 
Yeah. So I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've got faculty advisors and some of our like the pre dental club. My colleague is actually the club advisor for that one. Okay. So we've got faculty and staff advisors. So. That's great. And then you talked about new innovations at this new science building. What kind of things are going to be happening there? Is this? I mean, is this for like bi- like all biology, physics, and chemistry? Or? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. And they all have new labs with all kinds of new fancy equipment that. I really can't get into because I'm not a science person. I don't know what they are, what they do, but yeah. I know they're awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, and with that, it like I said, it lends to research opportunities. Our faculty are able to do more with the additional space in terms of research, which, which gives our students mm-hmm. more opportunities to get involved in research themselves. Yeah, and as far as the University of Utah School of Medicine, one of our requirements is research. And right. it just delights me to hear that there's going to be more opportunities for UVU students. Um, anyone applying to any medical school, if you have research on, as part of your application, you're that much more competitive. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fantastic. Um, so what kind of numbers are we talking about? You know, we're talking about growth and growing pains. Like how many students are part of your program? So that's one thing that we've had a difficult time tracking because I know that there are more pre-med students out there than I'm seeing in my office. Um, last count was over 500 pre-med alone. Wow. It's a huge number. Yes. So, yep. Yeah. Well, hopefully doing this podcast and, you know, more social media outreach, more of them will be sitting in your office like I am right now. So great. so what kind of students do the best at UVU? What, what students really flourish? What, what kind of students do well here? So as I mentioned, we do have students from diverse backgrounds and different walks of life. And so I don't think that it's any social class or specific group that does well. It's those that really are serious and get engaged. Those that get connected with our office, with the clubs, interact with professors more than just sitting in a classroom and then leaving when class is over. So those that really jump in, get involved, get involved early and stay involved through the process we've seen are the, those that do the best. Fantastic. Um, and then where, where, where are students getting in from UVU? What kind of medical schools are they going to? So we have students going all over the country. Obviously, we do have them going to UVU, or excuse me, U of U. Yeah. Um, we, have as, U we have Utah Valley students at our medical school yes. as we speak. Yes. yes. Um, also at Mayo, we've got them going to Creighton, Medical College of Wisconsin, Cornell, uh, University of Southern California. They're going all over the place. That's fantastic. So in a way, like the, the program is growing so quickly that um, you're placing students like nationally. You know, it's not just local. Right. Yeah. Yep. That, that's fantastic. Um, what are the common questions that students come into you and talk to you about? So probably the most common would be what should I major in? We do not have a pre-med or pre-dental or pre-health uh, major, so students are forced to major in other areas, which some love, some hate. And with that, I always advise them to major in something that they're interested in, something that they're passionate about, and I always caution them to choose a plan B for if medical school doesn't work out, they don't get in, or something in life prevents them from going for some reason. I would hate for someone to have a degree that they can't use or have no interest in using mm-hmm. otherwise. So I, I encourage them to, you know, do what they're passionate about, what they enjoy. It does make those tougher classes a little more palatable, too. Yeah, so. that's very true. I mean, I get the same question. Uh, you know, I do a fair amount of presentations. And students come up to me and say, Dr. Chan, what should I major in? You know, I really don't like physics. Do I have to major in physics? I don't know why that is out there, that you have to major in the hard sciences. Like you said, you should pursue something that you're passionate about, mm-hmm. that really, you know, just ignites that fire. Um, you do have to do the pre-med requisites. 
Um, but other than that, uh, every year uh, in our medical school and all medical schools across the country, people get into medical school with degrees in psychology, business, art, dance. Um, so, you know, it is possible to go to medical school with uh, a non-traditional hard science degree. Now, having said that, if I looked at our med school class in totality, uh, the plurality of students do have a degree in one of those core areas. But then everyone else, dance, art, uh, psychology, business, things like that, there is broad representation. So the way it's set up, do you track incoming students just as they start as freshmen, or how, how is that set up in your office? Yes, so we actually, we're a full-service office. Okay. We're here to support the students from the moment they step foot on the campus to when they're graduating and leaving and hopefully going on to med school or whatever health professions program they're applying to. Uh, so we help them, like I mentioned, selecting majors. We can help them with trying to find a major that they would enjoy. Um, we also help with class scheduling trying to coordinate and collaborate classes, which ones should you take together, which ones shouldn't you take together, and that sort of thing. And we, so we help in the beginning, through the middle, and then to the end. We help with application, mm-hmm. filling out the application. How do you do that? Walk them through the whole application process. Um, I review personal statements. I do interview workshops. We have um, application workshops. I do mock interviews. So I'm here to help. From the beginning to the end. That's fantastic. Do you have a policy? Like, let's pretend, because like at our medical school, we have a lot of non-traditional students, meaning they graduate school, and then they go on to do something else, and they decide, you know what, I'm going to try to go to medical school. Do you have a policy here that if someone graduates from UVU and kind of goes on and does something else, do you offer those same services if they decide to go apply to med school? Like, do you offer those services for alumni? We do. Okay. Yeah, yeah we have. I mean, it's not like once you graduate, See ya. Good luck. <laughs> um, no, we're, I have post-bac students that come, and they're just kind of brushing up, taking a couple of classes, and then I, I will still help them through the application process. Fantastic. So obviously, freshmen, first-year college students, uh, but it sounds like you'll be willing to meet with them at any point in the journey. Absolutely. Um, we were just talking before we started. Um, it seems like students are, are, are asking you about applying late. Well, what advice are you giving? Don't apply late. Apply early. <laughs> <laughs> it makes your life and mine a lot easier. Yeah. And, I mean, really, a lot of medical schools do work with rolling admissions. So by November, they're making offers mm-hmm. for, you know, they're accepting students. So the later you apply, the fewer slots you're you have a shot for. Yeah. So, so our deadline was November 1st. Um, a lot of medical schools have November 1st. Some are earlier in October, most uh, by mid or late November. Um, right. So, so at, at that point, it is, it is far too late. I think it's better to focus on next year's application cycle. Yes, so. and that's what I try to encourage them to do is just say, hey, you know what? You're late. Let's wait till next year and you'll be early. Mm-hmm. Have a better shot. Yeah. So what, what other questions do you get a lot? Um, I also get questions about the types of service or leadership or patient contact that medical schools prefer or what's better than another. And again, there I say, follow your passion, Mm -hmm. follow your interests. Mm -hmm. There's not a specific type of volunteer or community service that's going to weigh more heavily for most medical schools than another. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I encourage students to really use those areas of their extracurricular activities to sell themselves because that's where you can really stand out. Mm-hmm. MCAT, GPA get you in the door, but then they're really going to start looking at your extracurriculars to see how are you different yeah. than the next applicant. And when you're talking about is like the concept of holistic review and, right. uh, you know, to kind of 
you know, like holistic review, we look at the whole person. And what I tell people is, is everyone that applies to medical school, they have their own journey, they have their own life story, they have lessons learned, um, things like that. And not to minimize the importance of MCAT or GPA, but uh, all medical schools, all admission offices are trying to look at the whole person. And MCAT or GPA is only piece of the puzzle. Um, other things we assess, uh, writing, personality, communication skills, lessons learned, different activities, all those areas you mentioned, research, leadership, patient exposure. So, so yeah, that's what we focus on at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Sounds like you track students well. Your door is always open. A lot of different services. You know, I, I'm delighted to hear about the interview workshop and reading through personal statements and things like that. Um, where do you see your program heading? Where What's on the horizon for the pre-professional advising office? So we really are working toward making ourselves more known, because you mentioned it was kind of hard to find my office, and students have that same experience, unfortunately. So we are trying to, in the future, have our own center. Right now we're a part of the Academic Counseling Center here at UVU, and we would like to become our own pre-professional advisement center, which would then allow us to even provide better services, more services to more students and as we expand and grow. Okay. Um, and, you know, finishing up, I always like to kind of end on, on fun stuff. And a little known fact about you is is that you're what you call a metalhead. That's right. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So, um, yeah, little known fact about me is I'm a metalhead. I love heavy metal. I love going to live concerts. I'm a huge Metallica fan and have a shrine if you will in my home but not in your office i don't see any. Nope. Si- I, I see peaceful butterflies in your office i don't see so how how old were you when you became a metalhead um let's see i probably was nine when i found metallica okay and since then just i fell in love with them and and i'm known as the metallica girl to my friends okay they know that how many times how many times have you gone to their concert um, eight or nine. Oh, and, wow. Well, I saw them one summer three times. Oh, I traveled wow. to Arizona twice to see them and saw them here in Salt Lake once. So what is something that the people don't know about Metallica that you can educate us on? Something they don't know about Metallica. Um, well, it, contrary to popular opinion, they do still rock. People <laughs> have this idea that once they cut their hair in the 90s that they didn't, they weren't as good. And that's just simply not true. Now, if maybe I'm misremembering this. This is why I'm talking to an expert. The tables have now flipped, Kristen. There's two things that stand out in my mind about Metallica. The first is, during the whole Napster controversy, didn't they threaten to sue their own fans at one point in time? Is that, is that Metallica? Was that the correct that, thing? Yeah, that's them. Okay. So what is your recollection at that? And were you personally offended when uh, – I'm not sure if you were downloading their music or not at that time. So. I, I actually – no, I've – I don't illegally download okay, music. Good. Um, I am for all the UVU uh, administrators yes, that are listening that's right. in. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I I am a firm believer in supporting the bands that I love. So I will pay for their music. I will pay to go to their shows and buy their merchandise mm-hmm. to show my support. So fantastic. And then didn't they? Re- and the second thing I remember about Metallica again, I might be misremembering this. Didn't they create like a documentary? At one point in time about the band and how they almost broke up and then got back together. Yes. Yep. Some kind of monster. Okay. Is the name of it. Didn't they go through group therapy? They did. Okay. Yep. Well, James was in rehab. Okay. And actually, another maybe little known fact about me is my background is social work. Mm -hmm. So I fell in love with them even more from that, watching them go through group rehab and or in group therapy and knowing James went to rehab. I worked in substance abuse treatment and mental health therapy before becoming a pre-health counselor. So just seeing that side of them 
just did, it was even more for so me. So it's called some kind of monster. Yes. And there was a group therapist that's involved. Yes. The kind of and like he made. I remember reading an article about this that he made a very strong point that almost all rock bands, in a way, could benefit from group therapy mm-hmm. because of the stress and the egos and the fame and everything else that's involved. And that if more of them would go through the group therapy process, probably less bands would end up breaking up. Kind of like what happened to Metallica because they were on the verge of dissolving, right? And they, and they were able to get back together. Yeah. So, so you said you were you have a mental health, you have a social work background. What kind of prompted you to kind of jump into this field, pre professional advising? Well, I found that the substance abuse treatment field was much more taxing mm-hmm. than I had anticipated. I mean, I didn't go into it blindly thinking it was all roses, but. Um, I knew that it was time for a change, and I love UVU. I grew up on this campus. I did my undergraduate schooling here, and so I just started looking for opportunities at UVU to do to use my counseling skills and my you know my background here, and just kind of fell into pre med advising, and mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, and to kind of segue back into you know pre medical students, and what I love, Kristen, you know, I'm really picking up on is that, you know, really good pre-professional advisors, the easy stuff is, yeah, what kind of classes to take, um, how do you prepare your application, things like that. Where I think it's really important, which I perceive you're doing a fantastic job, is the mentoring aspect. Sometimes students need to talk to someone about the future. You know, perhaps they don't have a very competitive application mm-hmm. and they go don't get any interview offers or they don't get into any medical schools. And... I perceive that, you know, for students to come to you and kind of talk through that, that is fundamentally super important. Yes. So yes. How, do, how does that kind of strike what also what you do? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I do lots of that. I'm, I mean, I'm of the belief that if you have a goal, you should do all you can to try to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. If that means coming back and retaking classes because you don't have a stellar application, if it means going and doing a post program, I'm here to help students succeed and you know, try to follow their dreams as much as they can. Yeah. That's incredibly powerful and important because I think that's, that's kind of what college is, is to kind of figure out who you are and where, where you want to go. And to have that service um, available is incredibly valuable. And um, I think students would be remiss not to come and see you just to have you review their application, but also just kind of talk about, you know, where they're headed. Do they have the right skill set at this point in time to get to that place? So sure. um, to finish up, do you have any like, uh, success stories you can share or or students that have really kind of stayed with you over the years uh, since doing this uh, a job you don't have to name names you could use you know. uh, I don't know that I have been here long enough to okay. really have any of those um, I mean I've heard of them okay. from our previous pre-med <laughs> advisor but just a case of point you are yeah. brand new I am new yeah. yeah you are new so I'm sure when I come back here next year I'm going to do a running series so awesome. um, and then I could get updates on what's going on with Metallica sure. and then what's going on with the UVU students <laughs> right. All right cool well thanks Christine appreciate your time no problem thank you All right. thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school a production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio Online at thescoperadio.com.